How big is your God? And how does your view of God impact the choices you make? I want us as a church family to intentionally champion each other onto a bigger view of God. Because a bigger view of God changes our heart and changes situations that cannot be changed on our own. Over the next five weeks, we're going to be exploring the question, how big is your God? In this series, we'll seek to give God space to remind us or show us his magnitude, his power, his extravagant love, his might, for him to wow us with his awe-inspiring greatness. Today we're starting by looking at Psalm 8 and Wayne, one of our mission partners who's based in Spain at the moment, is going to uh, read it for us now. Thank you, Wayne. Today's reading is from Psalm 8. I'm reading in the NIV version. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You've set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you've established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You have set them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honour. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds, the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Thank you so much, Wayne. We continue to pray for you and for Susan and the children as you seek to share the gospel in Madrid. This song, this psalm, is written by King David. That's the same King David who killed the giant Goliath and who also wrote that famous Psalm, uh, psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd. And to help us navigate through what I believe God wants us to say uh, today, I want to unpack three key points. And the first one is, God is big. Actually, God is huge. Psalm 8 starts with, with a, a wonderful declaration. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. You've set your glory in the heavens. King David is basically saying, Almighty God, you are amazing. You're filling both the earth with your majestic power and also displaying your glorious perfection and might in the heavens. God, you fill the universe with your greatness. David had a big understanding of God. I wonder where that came from. Did his understanding start when he was a shepherd on the hills outside Bethlehem as a boy? Did he look up uh, during the night and seeing a, a sky full of stars get, get blown away with the enormous power and might of God who made the stars and the moon? Was it that thinking that, um, 
that, that then made him wonder why and how great the great God, the creator of all things, how could he be interested in little him? We see that kind of question coming through in verse 4. Or maybe when David was writing this psalm, was he thinking back to being a weak boy going up against the great giant Goliath? Was this what he's referring to in verse 2? David had a big understanding of God and he had seen it in creation. And we know from his life that his view of God was uh, that God was mighty, enormous, incredible, unable to act in power far beyond human understanding. This was David's story. His God was big. Can I invite you to look at the title of this psalm? At the very top of a number of psalms, we read a brief description of the song or prayer. Sometimes it tells us who wrote it. This one says a psalm of David. I don't know about you, but the vast majority of the time I gloss over these descriptions, these instructions, because they don't seem very significant. When I read and started to pray about this psalm, I glossed over most of the introduction. I noted it was written by David. But I wasn't too bothered about this phrase, according to Gittith. Anyone know what a Gittith is? Is anyone bothered? I carried on preparing and the Gittith phrase wouldn't go away. And I did a little bit, um, a bit of research into it. A Gittith is most likely a string, stringed instrument from the Philistine city of Gath. And uh, that city was also known as Gitta or Gath Gitta. Again, I thought, so what? And then as I prayed into it, God, what, what is that about the Gittith from Gath? And then God brought to mind uh, Goliath. And I'm thinking, well, what's Goliath got to do with it? This three metre tall Philistine. And then we read in 1 Samuel 17 verse 4 that he was, this champion was from the city of Gath. Wow, there, there's something taking place here. There's something happening. When David fought against Goliath, the little shepherd boy, weak in his own strength, but with big faith in a big God. He approached the tower, towering warrior with a declaration. I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. We see it in 1 Samuel 17 verse 45. And with a single pebble and a sling like, like this. The giant was defeated without a sword in his hand or protective armour, but faith and a, in a big, big God. Young David defeated his nation's enemy against all odds. And in the words of Psalm 8 verse 2, he silenced the foe. This little boy silenced the foe and the avenger. Later in his life, David wrote and sang this song of praise, declaring God's greatness, declaring God's magnitude on a stringed instrument, a gittith, that came from his opponent's city. He worshipped gods on an instrument made in Goliath's hometown. That is glory to God and honouring an almighty God in the way he deserves to be honoured and revered. Lord, 
Our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The size of our view of God impacts everything. If we have a small view of God, our lives will be shaped by that. If we have a big view, then our lives again are shaped. I think it is fair to say that when, when David later in his life, he had an affair with Bathsheba, it was because he had lost a big view of God. His view of God had become smaller than it should and his view of himself bigger than it should. Pride instead of reverence for an awesome God. It's the same man, but holding a different view of God. How big is your God today? Or let's put it another way. How big is your view of God today? Are you in awe and reverence of him? Of who he is? And all that he is capable of? I ask these questions knowing that our view of God doesn't change his size or ability. But our view of God will change how our lives are shaped by that view. How big is your view of God today? My first point, God is big. My second point, there's an impact of having a small view of God. I want us to consider some of the possible impacts of having a small view of God. That is ignore, kind of ignoring or being ignorant of, of his greatness and majesty and might and power of God Almighty as revealed in the Bible and through creation. What possible impacts of having a small God can you think of? Here are some of the consequences that I came to as I prayed. A small view of God limits our belief and expectation that God can act in a situation, either to bring about change or to fulfill his promises. A small view of God causes the giants we face to seem impossible to defeat. This was true of King Saul and the whole Israelite army in 1, um, 1 Samuel chapter 17. A small view of God robs the sense of curiosity about exploring new aspects of God's creation, his power, love, character and purposes. We contain God with our knowledge and understanding, missing out on being surprised by God going on adventures with God and living with the mystery. A small view of God causes us to limit his love, limit his forgiveness for us. We might know Bible passages that describe the abundance of God's love and grace, but we don't live in light of the enormity of that. A small view of God makes worship an add-on, an optional extra, with our sense of awe and wonder, our wow, when we think about God's being diminished or even gone. God has been contained and therefore worship of him is compartmentalised. A small view of God leads to a wrong view of yourself, either making yourself too big and important or too small and insignificant. You may hunger for purpose and the need to be needed and disillusionment will creep into your life easily. 
With a small view of God, we may pray to him, talk to him and present our, our ideas and plans and agendas to him. But we miss out on hearing from him and talking with him and living for him. A small view of God leads to church becoming something that we protect for our needs and desires, rather than being church that's alive and active, helping people find their way back to God. A small view of God and all that he is will mean that we present him to the world in that way. We might be slightly embarrassed to talk about him. We may sometimes get round to sharing him. We feel we ought to share him rather than we're unable to stop ourselves from talking about him. A small view of God within the church limits the missional potency of God's church. Quietening the prophetic, evangelistic and apostolic vision and voice amongst God's people and causes the church to become the big thing. Whose church is it anyway? God is big. It impacts us if we have a small view of God. But there's an impact of having a big view of God as well. Having a big view of God is how he wants us to live our lives. With a big view of God, we, we live life in all its fullness. That's what Jesus promised. With a big view of God, all things, all things are possible. David declares at the beginning of, and at the end of this wonderful psalm, the psalm of praise, Lord, big God, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. We come on to verse 2, and, and I'll be unpacking that this evening in, in the evening prayer gathering. Do join us there. But let's have a look at verse 3 to 6 now and remind ourselves simply through reading these verses that we're talking about the God of all creation and the one who made us and gives us our position and purpose. Verse 3 When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. What is humanity that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. This isn't just an earth creating God. This is the universe creating God Almighty. This is God who, who made the stars. We can see 2,000 of them um, with our naked eye uh, at, at night. But there are billions more. It, it's having this big view of God, universe-creating, almighty God, that we gain the right view of ourselves humbly and in awe of him. What is hum humanity that you are mindful of us, God? Human beings that you care for us. Verse 5, you've made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honour. 
You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds, the animals of, of the wild, the birds in the sky, the fish in the, in the sea, all that swim the paths of the sea. Lords are lords. How majestic is your name in all the earth. Having a big view of God's, we cannot help but pour out worship and praise throughout our day. When we have a big view of God, simultaneously we're able to stay in a place of humility and a place of confidence. When we have a big view of God, fear lessens and faith rises. Anything, anything is possible with our big gods. When we have a big view of God, healing, freedom, restoration, strength to walk through suffering, financial provision, wisdom, forgiveness, they're all possible. Anything is possible with our big gods. When we have a big view of God, the voices of man have less sway in our sense of security. When we have a big view of God, the giants that we face are no longer giants. When we have a big view of God, we want to listen to his voice because we understand that his ways are higher and his wisdom is greater. When we have a big view of God's, his church wakes up and starts moving in his power. How big is your God's today? Or let's think of it another way. How is your view of the size of our God impacting your life and choices? Lords, our Lords, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. You've set your glory in the heavens. Our God is big. And friends, Jesus died, suffered, was broken so that you could be in a real and personal relationship with this great big God, God of the universe. You can know him, not as a distant God, not as one that you keep uh, separate from, but as a father, gracious, loving and powerful. This is mind-blowing when you have a great big view of God's relationship with the God of the universe in the closeness of a father. Verse 4, where David asks, what is humanity that, that you care for them? The words in Hebrew there means that um, he visits you. The word for care means he visits you. He attends to you. The God of the universe chooses to attend to you and to me, visiting us. What are you going to do now? In the weeks uh, and the days and the weeks that follow, to intentionally expand your view of God and, and help others to have a bigger view of God. Allow Holy Spirit to lovingly nudge you, to attend to you. To give you a big view of God, a bigger view of God's. 
to open your eyes and open your heart and expand your faith and expel your fear. Allow him to help what seems impossible to, to be, become a reality, whether that's wisdom or breakthrough or freedom or forgiveness. What will you do? What are you going to do now and in the days and weeks ahead to intentionally expand your view of God? Because with a big view of God, almighty God, God of the universe, closer than a brother, all things are possible. How big is your God today?